You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we finished the book of Philippians as Pastor Josh preached from chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. On the podcast today, we're talking about the importance of accomplishing the mission God has set before us and the fact that it requires every member of the body of Christ to work together and meet one another's needs. Yet, We often find it hard to express vulnerability with one another and allow others to step into those needs. We also talk about what it means to learn contentment, as Paul says that he's learned in verses 11 and 12. Finally, we discuss how we are the expression of Jesus in this world and the importance of engaging the mission right where we are. Thanks for joining us today. This is After the Message. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the uh, podcast today. Good morning, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, yeah. Hi, and, Mike. I, and I said guys, and I meant guys. Inclusive gender neutral. Generic. That's right. In a gender neutral sort gender of way. Gender neutral, guys. So, <laughs> Like a, a northern guys. Hey, guys. And of course, we all know Beth is here because she just called me Mike H. So, yes. Yeah. Welcome. I love that other people in our church are now calling you Mike H. Mm. I know. It's, it's called on. Like, it's like, oh, I love man. it. I knew Beth would set Look, a trend. Trendsetter. I'm a trendsetter. I'm yeah. an influencer. What you can are. I say? You're practically an influencer. Apparently, you are. Speaking Do you have a social media influencer page? I don't, but can I tell my <laughs> social media influencer She's so story? good, she doesn't even yeah, need do you that. Have one? Sure, let's, uh, so let's the, hear it. the Hubs is hunting at a WMA. He got drawn to hunt, so he's all the things hunting, like spent 12... Wildlife management area. Okay, thank yeah. you. I'm like, what is a WMA? <laughs> 12... <laughs> Hello, Mike, the non-hunter. Anyhow, he spent 12 hours in the woods yesterday just like... Just loving it. He loves it. Anyway, so he left the tree and walker coonhound dog, the uh-huh. hunting dog, at home with me. So I'm like, I got to have somebody walk this dog because the dog pulls my arm out of the socket every time I walk. And he's crazy. 85 pounds of pure energy. So I look online, rover.com, and I hire a dog walker. Turns out he's Travis Reed <laughs> of Madison. And he's like got 74,000 followers he on Facebook an and has gone viral. He's a real has, influencer. He is a really? real influencer. I have an influencer who is now influencing my dog. I there just wanted to say that i hope he posts about my dog and his content is hilarious hilarious so so fun so he's a he's a social media influencer but he walks dogs as well yeah and he's a coach at madison middle shout out travis thanks for walking the dog yeah that's great all the things wow Josh is having technical. You didn't no, see that I'm, I'm just fine. I'm, we're fine. Yeah. I can do this for an hour. That's right. Yeah. I'm just, Josh's I'm, mic just came nothing. totally I off the, the no, stand I'm, there. So. I just wanted it closer to me. <laughs> well, you, you got, got it. it. Uh, anyway, well, hey, before we jump into discussion, um, uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about who's in the room. So Beth Bowman, of course, we, yes. we all know that she's here. because like we're just doing wild week. Who's in the room? Who's, who's in, in the, the room? room? Yeah, yeah, who's in the house? Uh, Beth Bowman is here, and uh, we got Josh Braddy, we got Preston Crow, yes, yes, Mark Dr. Evans, Crow. and Chase Hammock. So, uh, right. it's, a, uh, it's a good day. It's a great I haven't been day. here in I don't know how long. It's been Have you not? Missed you. Last it week we missed you. Weeks. <laughs> we were I know y'all don't miss it. I think somewhere along the way they said, uh, <laughs> we got to give Mark a break. <laughs> He's suspended. Well, One too many stupid comments. We sent out surveys to our audience. And they, <laughs> yeah. You weren't trending highly. Yeah. That's right. You voted you off the island. You had not a dog walker that was famous. <laughs> Actually, the last episode that you were in, there was something that we'd just been meaning to talk to you about. You want to do it on the air? Exactly intervention. Mark, my favorite was last week. We're sitting here doing the podcast, and we get a text, and it says, I'm on the way. 
It was five minutes after. Ain't and nobody then you said, never mind. Thing. And then I said, never mind, because I realized I'd been declined. Yeah. Declined. So. He was just, uh, you were just eager. I was. I'm just. He's ready to be back. It's one of my favorite times of the week. Ready to be back. I've really? been deprived. I mean, no. But it's just. <laughs> 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 but we'll it. This it is, is one of my favorite times. It is a great time of the week. It's it. fun. Yeah, I love it. it well. That's that's fun. Okay, <laughs> that's something. Um, Glad so, to be back. Uh, so speaking of fun, Sunday uh, it was great. Uh, it was a great day. W- one man, it, I don't know if this is true, but but from where I sat and where where, where my my perspective, it looked like we had a we had a pretty that's big crowd. There was here. a lot of people yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what was different, but well, you know. I could. Uh, there's a couple of things I think are some factors. Don't know if they're. Factors that will continue, but uh, yeah, all of our our <laughs> local <that>? teams <laughs> in the state of Mississippi were not playing in the SEC championship or the <laughs> Sun Belt championship. Um, so yeah, so we everybody was here, yep. and then we had a baptism, which is always fun, and mm-hmm. first day of Advent, that's always mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, a lot of stuff. I love it. Speaking of the first day of Advent, so you you spent a little time at the top of your message talking about, uh, you know. The uh, the Advent season and yeah. the candles, the meaning of the candles, mm. and and I thought that was really helpful too. And I, and I love every I've heard you say it before, but I love you uh, when you talk about how as you light the candles and then the winter solstice, mm-hmm. the darkest time of the year, and yeah, how it symbolizes yeah. uh, you know light coming into the world. Yeah, it's a really cool thing, and and this is a fun podcast because there's not a lot of kids who are listening to this podcast right now, so I'm going to give you about a, a 15-second warning, parents, if there are kids in the sound of my <laughs> voice. I, I just want you to, to have warning that, that what I'm about to say may prompt a discussion later on, okay? Um, so uh, I think it is safe to say in this room, may, maybe not, we'll, we'll find out here in about six seconds, um, <laughs> that the historic date for Christmas Mm. Um, wasn't necessarily December 25th, mm. um, Christmas in the sense of Jesus' birthday, um, that, that most scholars would agree that Jesus wasn't born wasn't in on. December. Yeah. More than likely, it was spring, which has a really much more beautiful tie to Rebirth. Mm. Yeah. To, to Easter yeah. and the oh, sacrificial lamb and when mm. the sacrificial lamb would have been born, like in, in general practice in the temple, uh, and the fact that Christ is born more than likely in the spring, which you know, plays out 33 and a half years later, which anyway is a, a beautiful thing. The reason we have Christmas December 25th is historically because of Advent. And so December 25th kind of came on our radar as Christians, probably around late 300 uh, A.D., uh, in when Advent was instituted mm-hmm. by, by many churches, or at least many believers, because as, again, the days get shorter and the nights get longer, the lights would grow mm-hmm. brighter, and the more the closer you got to to that winter solstice, mm-hmm. the the brighter those lights would become, and so you would celebrate mm-hmm. that very next whatever it would be. It would fall on that would be Christmas, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's that's kind of where we get our dating for December twenty hmm. fifth. That is yeah. cool. Good to know. That is cool. Yeah. So it's a good discussion I point. I think that resonates. Though. I mean, not not just the darkest time, but the longest night. I, yeah. I think for a lot of people, when you think about the the long, dark night and then light coming into it, um, that gives a whole new meaning to Christmas. It's so, absolutely beautiful, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I guess, you know, as a uh, Southern Baptist church, uh, you know, Advent, I mean, although we've been lighting the Advent candles for a while, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not something like I didn't, you know, didn't we didn't do that in my church growing mm-hmm. up and I grew up Southern Baptist. And so, um, so, you know, it's just not a tradition that you find in a lot of 
No, we, we didn't either at, at New Palestine. That's where I grew up and pastored there, had the honor of pastoring there. But we did poinsettias. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys did that here. Yeah. But that was always Not like here. the Christmas yeah. tradition. Uh, and it was more like a fundraiser, like you would decorate like with 150. Mm-hmm. We didn't have 150 people in our church. But you'd have 150 poinsettias all over the church. And after Christmas... You could come and buy your poinsettia and take it home, and it was a part of the oh, mission offering. Did you offering. do it in honor of someone or memory of someone, or was it just? No, it was generally the money would go to the general fund. Yeah. Um, okay, but I mean, I guess you could buy yeah. it and say, "Hey, it's for Grandma Sue. We're so thankful for her." Uh, but I, I do think um, the the meaning and the purpose behind Advent is a beautiful thing that most churches, to your point, Mike, non Baptist churches have done for a very very long time. Yeah, uh, and and I'm so thankful that we are. Uh, reclaiming that, uh, I believe, activity across not just Protestant churches, but but Protestant Baptist churches. Well, and I think that's part of why it's important to to spend time talking about what it means and the context behind it. Because, again, if we're not steeped in that tradition and mm-hmm. that that, uh, and, and maybe there's some people who are steeped in the tradition that really don't understand why they do it either. But right. um, but I think for us, you know, it's oh, that's cool. We lit a candle today, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. um, but to not really understand what the meaning behind that is, yeah. uh, I think it's, well, I think it's better to know. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, yeah, so that's great. So we're so Advent started yesterday for us, and and then uh, and then it will will go right up through Christmas Eve, Eve. and uh, and that's when we will light the final candle in our Christmas Eve candlelight services. That's right. But and, on that day, we're actually going to write uh, light nice. two of them. Yeah. So in the morning, we'll light. The fourth one, and right. then that night we're like the fifth one. Yeah, yeah. Twice. Twice. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Which, by the way, since 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 we're here, we might yeah. as well go ahead and talk about the schedule for Christmas Eve. There uh, it is. So, um, you know, we we traditionally do have two candlelight services for Christmas Eve, uh, one at four o'clock and one at six o'clock. Uh, but because Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday this year, um, we are also having a Sunday morning service as we normally would at uh, at nine thirty. And Casual. so. It is casual. It's going to be casual, casual. laid back. Just one service, no life groups. Uh, It's going to be laid back. Um, probably a little abbreviated, you know, it's probably not going to be the the length of the, our typical service. I'll preach 40 minutes, Um, 45. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Look, Mike's like, no, you're not. Stop saying that in the microphone. Um, so anyway, we will we will have a nine o'clock service, which is not one of our Christmas nine Eve candlelight nine thirty nine thirty. Okay, Jeez. okay, you, you can it. get here at nine though. It'll be great. Yeah, you probably you should, be, and some people will be. And get a seat. Mm-hmm. Get a um, seat. Hot chocolate. Mm. Oh, are we doing hot oh, chocolate? Don't don't start Let's rumors. Let's have some wassail. 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 We're not that kind of church. Wassail. Here we go. Wassail. <laughs> okay. I love some wassail. All right. I just want to clarify for our listeners: we do not have no wassail. We do not have plans for hot chocolate or wassail. Um, so. We have hot chocolate every Sunday morning back there. Yeah, at the coffee bar, there's big things of hot chocolate. Indeed. Different service. Indeed. Different no. service. Oh, man. Okay, we I'm may or may, may not have hot chocolate, have hot chocolate. but wassail. no wassail. I'm bringing wassail. That's it. I've decided I'm bringing wassail. All for right, everybody? December 14th. Fighter. See what happens. Birthday. 14th. 24th. For my birthday? For your birthday. <laughs> That's my birthday. The 24th. We're going to have people Women's so confused by the end of this conversation. Okay. We'll have So let's let's just pause for a moment. And uh, start over. Yes, and let me just what clarify. Are what are the facts? Says we know them now. Let me clarify everything that you just heard. <laughs> so nine thirty Sunday morning on December twenty fourth, we are having a service. It is more like a typical Sunday service, sure. Uh, although very casual, laid back, low key. Um, and then at four and six o'clock, we will have our Christmas Eve candlelight services. They are a separate thing from the morning service. So, and if you have not um, come to one of those, they are. Absolutely amazing. Mm. 
absolutely amazing. Yeah, Beautiful. they're great. Get there early. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. you're going to want to get that seat. The The four is generally packed. Especially if you're coming in room only. Yeah. Um, so you want to get there early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't want to fight the crowds, six o'clock, sure. Your yeah. show. Six mm-hmm. o'clock is typically, yeah. there's, there's more space. So mm-hmm. anyway, that is... Uh, Okay, I didn't plan to talk about that there, but there you go. and now I'm regretting the fact it. that I did because it got really confusing. But hey, hey um, you cleared it up. It was good. I think so. Okay, uh, so Russell. before we we jump in and start to talk about the uh, the sermon from yesterday, uh, I think you know one of the things we we discussed is there, there were a lot of really great life group discussions. Mm-hmm. I think this prompted some really great conversations. Is what we're hearing, yeah. uh, from from people around the church, and so. Um, Maybe uh, maybe let's let's just spend a couple moments talking about what you've heard from from those that you've interacted with since since the services yesterday. Yeah, I'll jump in as you guys consider. Um, I think it hopefully it's it's born out of a lot of things. Maybe just the Holy Spirit working. But the the end, the challenge of the sermon yesterday was three things. Uh, first is we need each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Second was we need the church as a whole, and we need both of those things to be grounded in Christ. Uh, and so with that, we we hopefully have a safe place to come. And, and truly allow ourselves to, to be known by people and to know them well. Um, I know that there's a, a sense of vulnerability or transparency, and Dr. Crow is going to expound more on that in just a little while. Um, but there is a sense that when we come together uh, inside of a church, there's a, well, I may need um, this thing or, or this, this situation's going on or I'm a little behind on bills or whatever it would be. And those are very good things to know and very, I think, valid things to help with if you have the means to do so. But I think the beauty of the church is the church is called to a specific mission of discipleship. And I think a lot of times we we don't consider that being one of our our greatest tasks and greatest needs that come from it. Because one thing I believe that Philippians shows us, among other New Testament letters, is the call is greater than us individually. So if you would try, if you attempt to take on this task by yourself, we are woefully insufficient mm-hmm. in, in and of ourselves. And we need the church to come alongside of us. Well, it's hard for the church to come alongside you in a way that they don't know how. And so I think what happened yesterday in our life groups across time and space, whether it was on campus here or meeting at Christmas parties or even this morning uh, talking talking at the gym with a guy um, – like there's something beautiful about understanding the mission is what we are called to do, and that's what we're asking help for. That's what we are putting our needs on the table for to see, okay, well, I know I need this. Do you have the means to meet this need? And that may be knowledge. That may be prayer. That may be encouragement. Mm-hmm. That just may be you know, knowing yeah. that you're further along in life. Right? Yeah. So for you guys, what did you, what did you hear? What did you say? I, I don't want to jump ahead of somebody, but what I love is um, when you said if you find yourself – uh, uh, not needy or fully self-sufficient and accomplishing the mission before you, mm-hmm. that might be a warning. Yeah. If you look up and you say, I'm completely capable, I have all the goods, I have all the resources I need to accomplish the mission that the Lord has set before me, and I'm 100% go, knocking it all out, fully self-sufficient, mm-hmm. that ought to cause a pause. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because if... The mission in front of you, if you're if you're following the Lord and, and you're following the calling He has on your life, you're going to find yourself in a position of needing brothers and sisters around you yeah. to well, walk with you in that. Yeah, because the mission, I mean, is so much bigger than any one of us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you, you said that in your message. I mean, it's yeah. um, it's it's much bigger than, right. than we can accomplish on our own. Right. One one of the words that came up in our life group that you mentioned in the sermon was encouragement. 
And um, it was pretty neat to see because we we start with prayer requests, except for Beth interrupting our prayer request time. But that's a, that's okay, Beth. Beth interrupts. Um, so we started with prayer requests. And, <laughs> and I was in the wrong room. As I, you were, but it was all it was all good. As I heard um, a lady who's relatively new to our group open up and share about some things that that. Um, that I do think are part, it was kind of the ministry of reconciliation. I, I, and as she shared, and then another lady in our group that really doesn't know her all that well was able to encourage her at the end of that. And then even after life group, kind of seeing people huddle up mm-hmm. and, and overhearing mm-hmm. some of the conversations and knowing these aren't just conversations about who won the game. Yeah. These were conversations where people were sharing with one another about something that they're working through or a need or and then others were were stepping mm-hmm. into that and yeah. it was just a i think the sermon set it up well for life group to be able to say hey part of part of why we gather in life groups is to encourage one another yes yeah, right in the mission mm-hmm. that god has called mm-hmm. us to and, it, mm-hmm. and i i love hearing that that these kinds of conversations happened in other groups because in our life group i mean it was um i think there was a level of uh openness and vulnerability that I have not seen in our group before. Hmm. There were a lot of tears shed. Hmm. Like, um, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty special time. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, I think it did. I think the, the message just sort of set those discussions up for, uh, for some really sweet times. And so I, I think, you know, our group, we left, uh, we left our time probably feeling more, relationally connected to one another mm-hmm. and and more uh, closer to each other because we had you know shared pretty vulnerably mm. about about some things and I think and even encouraged you know there was encouragement going on there yeah. was there was uh, confession going on and there was and it was so it was, it was pretty cool awesome. but, Good. yeah I hope you guys uh, and when I say you guys again gender neutral guys Beth, sure um, but as as clergy folk a lot of times um, and I I'm assuming for you, so excuse me if this goes too far. Um, I know for me, a lot of times it feels that um, the encouragement uh, isn't needed. Like, like if other people are looking at us, they're like, "Oh man, they're the pastors. They're they're the ministers. They they have their lives together. They don't need." It. Hmm. Yesterday was so encouraging for me um, because as I I finished the sermon and walked out, and I'll generally walk around the church and and go into life group, say hello, like very specific. Um, mm. encouragement, mm. Um, whether it was a sermon thing or just a life thing or just, hey, I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for you and your wife. I'm praying for you and your kids. Mm. Your kids are so sweet. Even if that's not true, I'm so thankful <laughs> that, that they are bringing those encouragements to me. And mm. truly, I told Katie this last night, like I have, yesterday was one of the most encouraging days I've ever had really? as a pastor, just because awesome. people came up and spoke very specific encouragement yeah. to me. Mm. And I think that's what happens when we are specific in our encouragement to people. Mm. And a lot of times we'll say, well, maybe they don't need it or it'll be weird if I say that. No, it is not. We all need encouragement. And specific encouragement is just an incredible shot in the arm. Yeah. It's mm. great. Okay, so we finished We finished the book of Philippians uh, uh, Sunday and you preached from uh, verses 10 through 19 of chapter four. And uh, so, uh, you know- 10 through 23. There is oh, a 19. I'm sorry. Note. Yes. <laughs> so I, I all the way. Yeah. In my notes, I have through 19. That's when I you called, called you guys back up, up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 10 through 23. Um, and so, uh, so when we were in verse 10, so one of the things like, uh, and I think this is one of the topics we wanted to cover today, uh, 
is you, you kind of brought up an additional frame for, for the way that we view vulnerability. And this is one of the things you said Dr. Dr. Crow was going to speak mm-hmm. to. Um, but talking about sort of the difference between transparency and vulnerability. Yeah. Like, so uh, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. And I, I think we have done a, a much better job in recent years as um, – as the church broad more, but also I think just big C church at becoming more transparent with mm-hmm. one another. I think we've, we have tried to lead people to a place where they can um, be in groups, especially in small groups and not feel like they have to hide maybe a struggle or um, that they can't confess a sin in that group or, or mm-hmm. something. And I think all of that is, is great from a transparency standpoint, but there's this element of vulnerability where you are expressing not just here's something maybe that I struggle with, but here's a need that I have that I huh. can't, I can't in and of myself meet this need, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's a dependence, an interdependence, I think, between mm-hmm. people when we can do that, mm-hmm. where we can come to a group and say, hey, uh, I, I need help. I yeah. need some help. And to your point earlier, I think that's a great thing to come back to. Help doesn't always mean financial help. It could be uh, for the mission that you're you're called to, but help may also be prayer support, help may also be just time and encouragement and all those other things. But vulnerability takes us to a point where we're actually putting a need out before a group, which, and I think this is the scary part, the risky part is what if no one steps into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What if, with transparency, I think the risk is what if I share something and maybe they go and tell another person mm-hmm. or, or whatever. With vulnerability, I think it's really what if I put it out there asking for help in some way, yeah, and then the help doesn't come, mm. right? So there, I think there is a, a little bit of a difference there. Mm. Yes, there is, and that's a great clarification. Uh, it helps me a lot, but I think even in transparency, there can still be a lot of self-sufficiency and pride. Mm-hmm. I can tell you I'm struggling, sure, but I can cover that up real quickly of, don't worry, I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fix yeah. this. Yeah. Just watch me. I'm going to mm-hmm. bear down. I'm going right. to make this happen. Vulnerability says... I've been transparent, and I'm telling you, this is bigger than me. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good and stuff. in that vulnerability, I will say this, too. When I talk with women, I, I like to remind them, too, that this is not all of the rest of their story. Mm-hmm. That one day, and I had to learn this as a self-sufficient person, mm-hmm. that there was a day in which I didn't, I couldn't do. And as a single parent, that was just overwhelming to me. Mm. And people came around beside me. And I remember one woman, one woman, excuse me, speaking into my life saying, you're not always going to be here. One day you'll be on the other side of this and you'll be helping other people. And so I've taken that mm. just to yeah. just to remind women specifically when I speak to them that a better day is coming, that God yeah. is going to, yeah, yeah, you're vulnerable right now. And, and this is hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard to let people in. But one day you'll be that woman on the other side. Yeah. That is a blessing to someone else. And, and God does restore those places in our life and then gives mm-hmm. us this ministry of restoration mm-hmm. for others. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah. And I love that this book, um, primarily in the way it begins and ends, as Paul wrote well, a letter, that Paul writes is, is specifically to those people who yeah. have been with him the whole time mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in the moments that he has been vulnerable and transparent yeah. in the times that he is going to continue. Because he essentially says, you showed up. And you continue to show yeah. up, and I know that you'll continue to show yeah. up. So yeah. I thank God for you. Well, th- and the fact that, I mean, he sees it as sort of baked into the recipe, if you will, that them being able to step in and help in times of his vulnerability yep. or his need is actually part of their spiritual growth. That's exactly and right. And so he, 
by creating or by voicing a need to them, he's actually inviting them to step in spiritually to something that they don't get to do hmm. and they don't get to grow in that area without it. Yeah. And, and I don't think we're always thinking that way. Like we're, we're not thinking if I open up a need to another person, I'm actually giving them opportunity to spiritually grow yeah. and for yeah. it to be credited their kind of spiritual account yeah. because of that. We, we tend to look at it the other way. Yeah. Okay. And so I, so I, I want to, I want to piggyback on that and, and, and bring up something that Mark, I heard you say earlier before we before we started recording this, um, because sometimes we do step into a need mm-hmm. and uh, and we we meet a need for someone else. But mm. it's important for us to know too, because sometimes maybe it's not part of our spiritual growth yeah. because mm-hmm. because our motivations, motivations are, are different. So yeah. could you talk about that for a moment? Well, it, it does. It really ties into the discussion we were just having because if um, if I think I have it all together. I have the resources, I have the gifts, the abilities, the talents, and from that place of I've got it figured out, I'm going to help other people. That's different than a posture of I'm still broken. Mm-hmm. I, I live in a place of brokenness and imperfection. I live in a place of I'm, I'm still needy. I still need my brothers and sisters. That puts me on common ground, and from that place, I serve my brother and sister. That's a place of... We're locked arms side by side. Mm-hmm. I'm not up here higher than you. I've got it figured out. I've got it all taken care of. Now let me help you poor person or you needy person. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're all needy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what happens is when we feel like we've got it all there and we help others, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of pride in pride that. Pride with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Absolutely. And what happens with that is a lot of self-protection mm-hmm. because I can hide behind my helping others and come across as... Um, I mean, that's that's very respectable and admirable because I am very quick to help and serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in doing that, I don't open myself up to let other people see I, I'm needy too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm messed up as well. Mm-hmm. And, and serving from that place, and I think that's just a cool picture that you see in the church, in the yeah. New Testament church mm-hmm. of – there's no one up, one down. We're all in that's this right. needy together. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, as I as I just heard you talk there, and this is this kind of a half baked idea, but but um, it's always half baked. <laughs> <It's, it's laughs> but, but welcome to podcast. You know, as I'm as I'm processing a thought, it's it's really I think I think it could be particularly tempting for people who are in vocational ministry to sort of mm-hmm. fall into that absolutely that trap. Sometimes like that's oh. why we go into vocational yeah. ministry. Yeah. Mm. That's why you that's often a good see point. a lot of pride in the pulpit. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. You see a lot of pride behind the sermon, behind the pulpit, behind the guy who's leading. And that's why, church, we are very blessed and fortunate because Josh is a humble dude and a mm. humble leader, mm. um, not just not in the pulpit, the but in the halls. Mm. You know, it's, it's beautiful to watch. So we're grateful for that. Mm. Thank mm. you for that. Not all the time, but appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, all day, Josh. You're always four seven. The humble pastor. You're, you're always perfectly broken. <laughs> right, I'm gonna write a book on humility and how I've obtained it. I'll be signing copies in the morning. That's good. Um, all right. So so moving on. When, uh, Next topic. So, verse twelve, uh, uh, Beth, you you came in very very passionate about this. I did. Uh, I don't, and so I don't know where I was during the sermon, but the, all I heard was contentment. Yeah. I mean, that's, you missed the that's, first thirty minutes, and then you tagged uh, in there. Evidently, evidently. <laughs> so, just for a little context before we get into this topic, verse eleven, though. Before we get into this topic, uh, 
Thank you for the correction. <laughs> Don't worry. Keep you, you humble. fool. <laughs> Jeez. Humble. Right. So uh, before we before we get in for a little context, uh, you know, so we're we're talking about in our little pregame discussion. Uh, Beth came in a little late, which we pregame oh, we pregame before every and podcast. I want that to be heard. True. That's that right. is true. And so and so we're talking about the things that that you know we we think maybe we want to discuss in the in the podcast today. And uh, and Beth comes in and, she, and she's listening and she's like. Did I even hear the same sermon? Because like, all she's thinking is contentment, contentment, contentment. I don't so, know why. Maybe that's where the Lord has been that's teaching right. me. Yeah, Lord, hey, don't 11. let them talk to you like that. So verse in 11. verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And that word learned is what I heard yesterday, mm-hmm. like this active pursuit of contentment. Mm-hmm. I read a book years ago by Ann Voskamp. 1,000 gifts. Mm. And she kept a journal on her. She's a farmer's wife okay. in the Midwest. Never heard of her. She kept a um, <laughs> journal on her in her kitchen. And she challenged herself to write down a 1,000 blessings during the year. And so as she saw something, she she would write it down. And it just she talks about how it just changed her whole perspective of everything. Because discontentment is a robber of joy, as yes. we know. And comparison is a robber of joy. And so I just encourage that book for y'all to read, 1,000 Gifts, because mm-hmm. it is a beautiful book of her story of learning contentment in whatever situation there is. And so if you go on to verse 12... Paul continues to say, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And that's the verse, you know, that we all mm-hmm. quote, I can do all things through Christ. But the context of that is I can do all things through Christ because I have learned contentment. Mm. That's right. Mm. I've learned not to have and be mm. content. Right. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And, it, you know, it, again, all of it is tied together, I'm, you know, whenever we understand in Bible study and uh, you're 100% right that, that our contentment is a learned process a learned that we, process. we grow in. And, um, you know, it's kind of something we were tossing around before. It grows out of having to learn to be content. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be yeah. seasons it's, and situations. Oh, yeah. you don't have. Yeah. It, it's you not don't. a natural thing to us. Nope. Mm. No. Our, our natural thing is I'm not content and I want it now. Um, yeah. I want all the things and I, I want yeah. it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And we live in a world where uh, everything fights against us learning that. Because what we learn from an early age, as I am experiencing (laughs) with my own self, but also my children. Lululemon. uh, uh, Thank you for bringing (laughs) that up. Yes, that's the thorn in my flesh. (laughs) But the the more we receive, um, the more discontent we become. Yeah, some of the most content people I have seen have been on the mission field. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Children who have nothing, but they have settledness inside. Uh-huh. There's a rest, a peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though the they don't have all the stuff. Yeah, that um, Jesus. that's exactly right. And, and yet, some content. of the most discontent people on the planet are the, you know, yeah. the stars, the yeah. billionaires, the ones who you would think absolutely they've got everything. Right? They've got. I mean, if they want it, they get it. Mm-hmm. Becomes that and much yet, harder to experience. Over and over, you hear stories. True contentment. Of them and not I want to speak to that. And it can keep us 
from using our gifts that God has given us. And uh, and God really convicted me of this years ago good. in hospitality. And they were hospitality because I love to have people over and for, for Mark to cook, and for Mark to cook for them. Yes, have some wassail and all the things. And for year I hoarded the resources mm. God had given me, like my house, and thinking, oh, well, it's not fancy enough or it's not big enough or whatever. And, and God brought me through a season that was very tough and – Look what's in your hand. Look what I've given you. Mm-hmm. And so y'all are all invited to dinner tonight. If you like to, not tonight because yeah, we're here tomorrow. Yeah. Night. No. Yeah. Tonight we're showing no, up. No, but God has learned. <laughs> God taught me through that yeah. that contentment of this is what I've given you. Use it. Use it for my glory and my honor. Yeah. There's a great podcast, and we're going to put the link in the show notes. I've just always wanted to say that. Wow. Okay. No pressure there. Learning uh. contentment in a culture of more. It's a podcast by Melissa Sperlotta and she did a contentment challenge for seven days and so I encourage anybody to read that and and to take that maybe before the new year after you finish all the advanced advent stuff maybe we should do that before we buy presents Ooh. Ooh. that'd be great mm. oh that's good yeah so so I, you know, I, I thought it really interesting, just as you were talking about, even the people that that you know. I, so I think our our entire you know our entire world is set up to create discontentment. I mean. Mm-hmm. The whole advertising, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. industry is is more newer is set up to create discontentment to get you to buy things, yeah. and so, you know, um, and and even those who who have the 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 resources to get anything they want, um, still, I think you know they're discontented mm-hmm. uh, because contentment is not found in things, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, yet, you know, we're we're led to believe by everything around us and mm-hmm. culture that that. You know, well, if we just had this, if we just got that, yeah. or uh, you know, we're we're going to be contented. And so, yeah. and I think uh, there was an interesting thing. Uh, you know, when we point out here, Paul learned contentment, and he learned it through Hard. being in need yeah. through hardship, that's right? Exactly right. And um, and so, yeah, I think you know, and that's I think is a is a part of our spiritual growth, right? Yeah. Like the. Uh, we learn as much or more maybe in the in the hard times and the trials. Right. Well, there's uh, certain things you just can't things. learn. You you can't really learn to be content if you don't go through a season where there's an mm-hmm. unmet need. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't learn to be patient if you never have to wait on anything. There are certain things that we're just not going to get there without lacking whatever the other thing is. Right. And somebody said earlier, uh, again, in our pregame that uh, I don't remember who it was, but uh, – Basically, like we can be in need and still mm-hmm. be content. Like mm-hmm. you know, contentment isn't okay. We don't have any needs. Um, like we can be in need and still, still have contentment for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because Paul, I mean, though he goes on to say that God will will supply their needs, uh, he does talk about he has learned to be content even when there were needs. Right. right. Yeah. He's learned All to be things. content in need and also when there was plenty. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Um, I think sometimes we think, well, I can learn to be content, meaning as long as my needs are met, then I don't have to have more stuff. Right. But Paul actually says, look, even when my needs weren't met, I learned mm-hmm. to be content in that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I have a friend, Jane Wilson, who um, lived in Brandon's sweetest little um, house she had. But on her refrigerator, this just spoke volumes to me. On her refrigerator, she had a picture of like a hut, like a mud hut. 
uh, as a reminder to her that 1.6 billion people around the globe live in substandard housing. Mm -hmm. And what God had given her, she definitely didn't have the newest house or the fanciest house, but she wanted a tangible reminder of what God had given her. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I I thought that was just really neat because Mm -hmm. I can can forget and I can especially move into Madison. I'll be honest with you, all the comparison Mm -hmm. thing can be here and I can forget. Sure, pressure. Sure. Gifts God has given us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. Good. It's a beautiful life. Mm. Beautiful life. All right. So, so moving on uh, to to verse, I think it was verse fifteen. Uh, you know, Josh, you you talked about just the the fact that Paul refers to the Philippians by their uh, by their city, and uh, wow, thank you for the time reminder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, well, see now you you got me off track. So, um, uh, so you, we talked about maybe we can talk about this quickly. We're professional so folks. being being in the city, but not of the Working city. Together. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts of the whole passage because um, as it starts, we understand that the Philippian church, although uh, Philippi is in Greece, right? Modern day today, Greece, but even even still then, like they are they are a coastal city away from Rome, but they're a Roman occupied city. And so very much the culture that they would be experiencing in this moment as this letter is finding them and when Paul's planting the church is going to be much like Romans 1, where we're going to see a very pagan culture and a Mm. very not God-honoring culture. But he calls them by by their city name, like he he the identity that he says to them and to you Philippians yourself uh, know that in the beginning of the gospel, like like there's this beautiful thing that that he is explaining to them. You should be proud of where you are. That that there there is purpose, God given sovereign grace purpose of you being in this city. It may be hard. Mm-hmm. It it may be not God honoring as much as we would ever want it to be. You may find yourself persecuted left and right wherever you go, but God has you here mm-hmm. for a purpose that is beyond. Because He talks about the beginning of the gospel, and that's not like like the gospel began, but it began for them. Like this was a city that was completely unreached, but God in His infinite grace had had Paul go there, mm-hmm. uh, where he would meet Lydia and he would meet the jailer and he would meet the the young demon possessed or the formerly demon possessed girl, and from there and their families coming together, uniting this church explodes across the city, and there is just something cool about being a part of a city. Although we're not supposed to be uh, of the city. We are certainly called to be in mm, it. For sure. Mm. Uh, and I think this is true for where we live today, not just in Madison, but certainly here. Because like we said, you can look around and get caught up in the stuff. You can look around and get caught up in, in the, the success and achievement, which I don't think are necessarily bad things. I think as Mark always drives us back to, it's always the motive of the heart. Mm. You can have all the things in the world and have a humble and contrite heart before the Lord, and that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And you can have absolutely nothing physically and have a very prideful and arrogant heart, mm. and it does us no good, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And so for this, Paul is telling these Philippian believers – Take pride in the ministry that God has called you to in the city that you were planted mm-hmm. in. That's, That's a really so cool uh, ending as he gets ready to, to finish this letter. You made a statement uh, in your message uh, that, that something to the effect that we are the expression of Jesus Christ in this world. And uh, I love that. And mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about that briefly in our life group yesterday. Awesome. And it's like I, I want to be sure that I am an accurate and uh, uh, effective reflection of yeah. Jesus. And so – 
Um, so good. Hey, uh, well, so uh, Josh held his phone up to me a minute ago, and I wondered, what is he doing? And he it was reminding me of the time. And so... Um, sure, this beautiful beachscape. We are... <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was there. <laughs> we, are, uh, we are out of time for today, uh, but, but great discussion. Thank you guys for, for being a part of it. Uh, just a couple things. One, just a, a reminder of our Christmas Eve schedule. Uh, so uh, if you... You need to go back to the beginning of the podcast and review that. Go ahead. I'm not going to review it again here. <laughs> but also, I want to, for those listening this week, on December 10th, I uh, just want to tell you about our uh, Christmas night of worship that's happening at 6 p.m. Uh, here at Broadmoor. And so we would love to have you guys come join us, our preschoolers and, uh, and kids ministry, our adult worship ministry, all those people are going to be a part of that night. And it's, uh, it's going to be great. So uh, come join us at 6 o'clock on uh, Sunday, December 10th. And um, it's going to be good. Beth, you okay? All right. <laughs> she's, she, uh, she I don't know what's going again. on over there, but she's trying to hold in a cough. Uh-huh. So she's trying to hurry you up. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, as always, great discussion. Thanks for being a part of it. It's been good. See you Thank next you. week. Thank you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.